This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This is the besotted pride of West London podcast. And we're still cheering. cheering. I don't know what he's cheering for. There's nothing to cheer about at the moment now. It's all doom and gloom as we sit here. Start off positive, Bill. <laughs> yes, there you go. Listen, listen, as we're sitting here in the virtual joint. Now, it's interesting that um, the Allard made a little comment a few weeks ago. He says, Isn't it interesting? You know, when Brentford don't win on a Tuesday night, we always end up in the virtual joint, whereas when they win or maybe even get a draw or a decent result, we actually end up down the pub. And as you know, we go around to all sorts of different pubs around well, London every week, sort of just trying out different places, great places like the George the Fourth and the one over the eight and place in town and the Hercules and all these great pubs. But every now and again, when Brentford play on a Tuesday night, we get depressed. We decide that we're going to have our own space, the virtual joint, where we watch the matches and that's where we are today and i'm billy grant here sitting here with my chums in the virtual joint i'm here with xg dave anderson how you doing xg hi billy yeah good thank you thanks for having me on um a little bit wounded after yesterday but sitting here with the, with the chums i think um yeah sort of drowning the sorrows a little bit and we'll get through this together when you say wounded i mean in, in my world as well when they say wounded that means that you're a little bit drunk were you a little bit drunk last night <laughs> Uh, no, not quite drunk. I had a couple. Punch, punch not, drunk. Not drunk. <laughs> punch drunk, yes, definitely punch drunk. I think we all are a bit punch drunk at the moment, yeah. That's right, yeah. And also we've got Robin Hood in the house. Robin Hood, how are you? I'm all right, Bill. Yeah, uh, not as not as wounded from, as Dave XG from the sound of it. But yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm still sort of processing the result from yesterday. It doesn't help that I had to spend the entire day with a Luton fan. Um, walking around a pub, looking at hotel rooms and looking at stuff like that. But uh, it's it's I'm, I'm I think I've processed the result and I'm able to talk about it a little bit more. It was obviously frustrating at the time, disappointing at the time. But yeah, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. That's right. Well, I mean, I'm I'm you know well. Again, I don't I try and keep my pecker up as they say, and uh, this is another result that got us <laughs> down quite badly. Ever since probably. Uh, 
the uh, the Nottingham Forest game, which is the last one that was a little bit of a sucker blow for me as well. And I think mainly the main thing is that Luton, you know, we expected to go there and win. And not that we kind of were taking advantage of us thinking that we, you know, it's not a teams like Luton thing, but we knew that we had to get back on track. But we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But as you've heard, I've been talking to the XG Dave and I've been talking to the Robin Hood. But as you're probably thinking, hold on a second, where are the other characters? Characters not in the house. Well, unfortunately... A little bit like Brentford, the A-team, well, on stretchers, you know, they're all over the place. You know, the A-team are just not in action. They're just not, they're not fit for play. So I've had to pull in the B-team as well here today, <laughs> you know, which is <laughs> the B-team. And to be fair, I, I really hope that they actually kind of <laughs> pull out the stoppers a little bit better <laughs> than the Brentford B-team have done of the last few weeks, right? And we get a few results out of these characters there. B-team, are you ready for this one? Yeah, we'll do. I think we're happy to have an, an experienced head um, beside us to carry us through. I think we'll be all right. Yeah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Uh, as long as that experienced head doesn't go sort of kind of missing and then you kind of hear all these Chinese whispers as to why he's disappeared and, he, and you're not quite sure when he's going to come back. But I can, trust me, I'm going to be here for the whole show, lads. But anyway, but talking about how's, B-team... How's your hip, Bill? How's your hip? Listen, listen, I'm shooting straight from the hip, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> shooting from the hip. But anyway, talking about the B-team... There was a double header going on yesterday because not only were the Brentford A team, the first team, playing down at Luton, but the B team were playing a little bit earlier on and they were playing at AFC Wimbledon and one of our posse went down there as well to go and see the match, the Allard. And he went down there and he was texting us and telling us all sorts of stuff that was going on. And uh, obviously the game was streamed live on YouTube, but he was down there sort of kind of uh, checking things out. And uh, the result ended up 2 all. Brentford 2 with two goals from Aaron Presley. He's the player that we signed at the beginning of the season from Aston Villa. 18-year-old Scottish international. And he's rather large, isn't he, XG? He is bloody massive, yeah. He's um, he's a big boy. Uh, he looks looks strong. Uh, yeah, I, probably, I say it a few times. I don't really know what they're feeding these kids these days. He looks absolutely huge. He looks like he can sort of play men's football immediately and make an impact. So it's a good coup from uh, under the nose of Dean Smith's Aston Villa. That's right. So, you know, Aaron Presley, like I said to you, eight-year-old striker, you know, whether or not, obviously, we're kind of sort of trying to tee him up for for being, you know, in, in place in a year or two's time, we'll see. But uh, anyway, the game ended 2 all, and so it went to penalties. I'm not quite sure why it went to penalties. Maybe they just wanted to get some penalty practice in, because it, was it wasn't a cup match or anything like that, was it? It was just a, it was just a friendly match, but they thought, tell yourself, let's go to penalties, and so... Uh, it all went to penalties and it was tight, very, very tight until the fourth penalty. And then Wimbledon took a, oh, a penalty, which was like, you know, it's just one. It was like something, something like England out of one of one of the, one of the many horrible penalties that they've missed over the years. It was horrendous. He kind of sort of skied it. And uh, that teed up um, Drew Yearwood to come in and basically, boom, score five penalties out of five for Brentford. Uh, very, very good penalties as well. So uh, at least we know with the B team that we've got a good set of people that are going to be actually be able to put the ball behind the back of the net. So, I mean, that's, that was, uh, again, there's interesting conversations have been had there because there are a few people saying that, you know, with the B team playing on the same team as the first team, maybe there might have been a few players that maybe should have been in and around the first team up at Luton, XG. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you've got some guys down in Wimbledon. Where, yeah, Yearwood's one of them. You're thinking... Is there any drive that he could have brought to the first team? So that there is a there is a thought of that. Should we should we be staggering these games? And are we, what what are we doing with them? We're in control of them. We we set our own fixtures. Are we are we thinking deeply enough about those? But yeah, there's definitely a shout for some of them to make an impact. 
I mean, again, talking about the Allard, the Allard isn't on today because, like I said, part of the A team, they're, they're, they're stretched right up all, all over London. But um, he said that he was at the match last night and he said that, or yesterday afternoon, and he said that Yearwood, he saw it as you're seeing it live. He saw that still he's not quite the complete fixture there. He's still kind of, you know, making particular mistakes and isn't quite doing the things ready. So he sort of said to him, in, in fits and starts, Year was looking really good and obviously he's got that energy but he was still thinking that maybe he still isn't quite right to fit into a team which is really battling for a top six place yeah i think he probably is right there i think it's more it's just like holding a position he'll, he'll sort of sprint forward when he when he probably shouldn't or get sucked into the ball we need we need a bit more discipline there but sometimes you just need a bit of energy as well i don't know i don't know if we've got the exact answers i, th I, I, I think he's i think I, I, li I like Drew's style. I think he's, he's rugged. He's he's not afraid of putting in a challenge, and he's not he's not he's not he's not the tallest or the strongest or the quickest. But I think he's he's got a real robustness about him. And sometimes you need a player who's just going to think, oh, you know what, sod it, I'm going to go in and, and and this is my ball and I'm going to win it. Um, so I think the, the fact that he's not not fully uh, yeah, the fact that he's not fully in, you know, I hear what you're yeah. saying. And uh, but listen. Listen, you know, they got the result, you know, they might have viewed it had to us, but we'll come on to that a little bit later. But let's focus on that game yesterday. Up at Luton, it was uh, a night game. We haven't beaten the Luton for quite a while, it has to be said. Uh, the last time we played Luton um, was, uh, well, up at that, at Kenilworth, I believe, was the season that we... Uh, was it the season that we put them down? No, it wasn't. A few, it was a few years after that, actually, but uh, probably in the FA Cup, 2005 the last time we went to them or I think maybe that's the same season a few months later in the league so we haven't been there for a while so it was interesting to go down there lots of people had taken time off work went to places like St Albans and Tring and sort of spent the afternoon around there but listen they were very excited before they went to the game they were a lot less excited after the game so let's have a listen to see what the fans had to say both Luton and Brentford after the match that was awful Awful, you know, no fight until the last five minutes, no leadership, no shape. Every pass went astray, set pieces were abysmal. Six corners in a row didn't even get into the penalty area. Couldn't take a corner, you know, can't take a corner. No point in putting the pressure up there. They didn't see any idea. It looked like we had like 10 injuries rather than two or three. You know, slight disruptions of the team. And they were, got a question for leadership out there. I don't know what went wrong today. There's bad games, it happens, but that was poor. They were better than us. We, they bullied us all over the park, and we we never looked at any point as though we were going to win that. Um, I got, I don't think they keep made that many saves, um, and they just looked as though they were a team fighting relegation and were really up for it. And I think, I, I think our injuries. I'm not sure Norgard is quite right and he went off I think without Pontus again I think that's a big miss as a solidifier in defence and uh, up front uh, I think some of the youngsters have just run out of a bit of steam hey we're still in the player places and uh, it's a wet cold night very cold night in Luton well the reason why we're not winning this because we don't have a captain. We don't have a captain in the middle of the park telling us what to do. We're relying on a clever manager who's not really familiar with the games. Luton are always a tough side to play and they're playing lower league football against a, a, a higher 
team, but we don't have a middle captain who's going to pick up a team half time and say, "Come on, we should do that." We battled for everything tonight. With the, the, the fight that hasn't been showing all through the season, but we're starting to pick it up and fight and realise we're not a great football inside, but we've fought well. Brentford, you're a good team. You're a good team. Probably didn't show it tonight in terms of goal for it, but you're a good side. Yeah, I, mean, I, I hope you go up. I really do. Yeah, it's men against boys at the moment. We're missing Pontus. We're missing a leader. That's what we haven't got. And, uh, you know, the playoffs are still there to, to go for, isn't it? They wanted to fight to stay up. We didn't want to... We, we didn't want to fight for promotion, do we? You know, unfortunately, some of the players are just too laid back about it. You know, I think they maybe think it's going to be presented to them on the plate. It's not. When we tear teams apart, we tear them apart because we do it quickly. Week in, week out now, the ball goes out to Ben Rama and to Bryant. They just hold the ball up. You can't beat teams when there's 20 men often in the box. And that's what's happening. You know, we're not, you can't rely on poor old Watkins week in, week out getting us out of a hole, can you? There's absolutely nothing positive to say about that performance at all tonight, I don't think. I'm really struggling, apart from Ollie Watkins getting another goal and that, that move. Everything else apart from tonight, we were second best. Um, you know, they, they tried, but it just, they just didn't get going. No, none of them, you know. Uh, it's a game we had to come here and win. You know, coming away from Kennel's Road with a point wasn't good enough tonight. Not if we, you know, it's, it would still would have been a useful point, but not if you've got aspirations for anything higher. Uh, we we found out a few things about ourselves. We looked tired. It, it, it seems to kind of be ebbing away a little bit. I have to say after that tonight, you know, a performance a performance like that, it doesn't really bode well whatsoever. So yeah, I can't think of anything positive to say at all. So there you have it. The fans, the Luton fans, the Brentford fans, <laughs> really cold it was. I tell you something. Holding that phone, the microphone up in people's faces after that match when the rain was beating down and the snow and the blizzard. Oh, man, it was so cold. I just wanted to get out of there, in the car and back home. But, um, you know, talking about that match, massive, as you could hear, massive frustration from all the Bees fans. You know, um, there was talk of them, you know, not having the fight. You know, there was talk about the question mark about teams who may not necessarily be technically as able as us, but able to come to us and just battle us and outdo us and that's real frustration I mean talking about that match you know Luton what do they do they created a high number of chances relative to their possession I don't know what the end possession was but at one stage they're only in about 30 30 or 35 percent possession I know you know stats mean nothing as people say but what they did is that whatever the time that they had on the ball they actually kind of dealt with it and they they made sure that they punished us um, they're effective at creating goal scoring opportunities from their set piece as well and they're strong at finishing so that you know they did what they you know, they did when they got promoted last season which they were excellent at actually putting the ball in the back of the net and that's probably a little bit of looting at all they lost possession often as well but we didn't probably make as much of that state from Luton as we should have done and they gave away a lot of free kicks around the box again we would have like I thought you know we would have made most of that we've probably come on to uh, set pieces and free kicks and that in a moment as well as for Brentford you know we we nicked the ball off them a lot you know we created goal scoring opportunities from long shots so we were shooting from long and also from the flanks as well so uh, you know that's what we did as that's what we do but we're poor at finishing we basically just didn't put the ball in the back of the net we gave away a lot of free kicks as one of them as you saw resulted in a goal 
um, and uh, a number of individual errors. I mean, we just kept on making mistakes all over the place. And that was the summary. Frustrating evening, wasn't it, actually, Dave? Yeah, frustrating is a perfect word. I think listening to the guys back afterwards, it was just sheer disappointment. I think, I think everyone sort of went up there and uh, probably had a lot of hope. It was, um, yeah. I mean, we beat them seven 0 last time. You're thinking it's, the team hasn't changed that much for them. We're we're still good, but it was just, yeah, it was just a very frustrating evening. Not a lot didn't go to plan in terms of sort of our own attackingness and getting getting goals and. It was yeah. It was it was just a frustrating evening. Uh, I mean, Robin, you know, what did you take out from that game? Because, you know, uh, we were tweeting out there, and at the end of it, we said, you know, we can't see very many, if any, positives from that match at all. Lady also said it, you know, after the match on the on the podcast. I mean, can you see any positives from that game? Yeah, I can take some positives. I think it's it's. I don't think we. When we react immediately, it's always a, a bit of a sort of that was that was shit that wasn't good enough. And I don't think I don't think it was as bad as we as we are we're making it out to be. I thought the, the in the second first of all our, our control of the ball in the second half I thought was very very good. Luton really didn't create anything in that second half in terms of the chances. And I think the switch of formation which we'll get onto later really did help that. I thought the uh, Ollie Watkins's goal was fantastic. It was a really good it was a typical Brentford goal. Great approach play ball down down the wing, good ball in, and then a fantastic finish by the best striker in the league, in my opinion. And it was really, 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 really impressive to see Roslev get, I think, another assist. I think he's, it's, we often talk about Roslev being, still being Dallas Guard's understudy and not having enough, not not having enough to stake a full claim for the first team place just yet. But it was a really, really a savvy cross or savvy pullback to feed Ollie Watkins. So I think the goal itself was very, very encouraging. And I think some of the performances not necessarily from our key players uh, was, was 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 okay. It was it was it was okay performance, I think, in the grand scheme of things. Was, a lot of people are saying it was almost performance this season. Highly disagree with that. I've seen us play far worse than that. But I think yeah, it was it was, it was a like you say at the start, it was a frustrating frustrating encounter, and there were there were far more positive, far more negatives than positives, which I'm sure we'll discuss shortly. But yeah, I think the positive I'm taking away from it was another Ollie Watkins goal, another Roslev assist, and uh, I think the positive was when the game finished, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, actually, I'm just going to ask you, because he talked about the positives, yeah. and we talked about the formation, okay, the back three, right, we had the back three, back five, you know, so we, we, we started off, um, well, we, 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 we makeshift, we had almost like a makeshift defence, didn't we? We did, yeah, it was bodged together, wasn't it? It was, um, yeah, sort of Norgard was, instead of being in his midfield role, he was the deepest one in the middle of that back three. And uh, he had Dalsgaard to his right and Pinnock to his left. And uh, yeah, they, those guys formed the back three. And it was it was a weird, I don't think anyone would have called that. I think it was it was something we moved to at Blackburn just to finish off the game and um, see the game out and just get a, an extra bit of attacking momentum. And he carried it into Luton. I, I don't know if he... I, I was thinking he was protecting something. I don't know if he was just not sure about Norgar's legs or defensively or something wasn't quite right. And he thought, OK, I, I want three at the back there. But it wasn't directly linked to any of the goals. So I, I don't want to go on too much about it. But it it just seemed, it didn't seem it didn't seem perfectly right. But to be honest, I don't think it stopped us. I don't think it really stopped our flow. I think we got the ball forward well still. Um, and it didn't impact us too much, but it was something. It was something that just didn't feel that right, and it was a, it was a decision that we probably didn't need to make. And 
would we have been any better with our with our sort of normal shape? Who knows? What, what did, why do you think Thomas played that to start off with? I think he did it because I don't think Norgard's 100% fit. I think he wanted to bring him back and just give him less running. So he wanted him deeper. So he didn't want him in the middle areas having to get on the ball and make more passes and then sort of move forward and link up. I think he wanted him a bit deeper and a little bit, just a little bit further away from the action, if you see what I mean. Leave a bit more of the, the middle play to Joshua Silva and, um, and uh, Baptiste. That's, that's my thinking there. I, I mean, I, I don't know that 100%, but I think it might have been to protect him a little bit. Which is interesting you say that because, I mean, Norgard got obviously taken off and uh, it looked like he was carrying an injury and he walked right past the Brentford fans and as he walked past, he was really frustrated. He kept on sort of almost like kicking the ground and just punching his fist as if like, you know, something wasn't right, something had had gone on there. You could see he wasn't sort of kind of happy in himself. It wasn't like he'd just been substituted because it was a technical substitution. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that could be, that could be an, an issue for us in the future, Robin. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's that that's what really worried me was when uh, the team lined up to start off with, and we had a back three, uh, three centre halves that contained one centre back naturally. Like Pinnock, Pinnock was the only out and out centre half in that squad, and then I think if you're supplementing that back three with a defensive midfielder who's a very good defensive midfielder and a right back who's a very good right back, that worries me worries me highly. I'd much rather have seen him either play Roslev or Dalsgaard at right back and show a little bit of faith because we had we had Ratchich on the bench that's what was really confusing for me was what you know why we've got we've got a, a natural center back who you were happy to put out against um Leicester City and who has proven that he can he he has got the potential to play well in these important games in these big games and you're going to then instead of playing a system that the players know well and playing that to the advantage against a, a team that were that are struggling and that are at the bottom of the league, you changed to a, a formation that was not helping us at the start of the season, that you essentially reactively switched to against Blackburn in order to try and grind out a result. And then you stick two players in there who aren't in their natural positions. Dalsgaard, Dalsgaard does not like sitting deep. He does not like it. You, you know, why Why would you do that? It's, it's, it, was quite, it was quite frustrating for me. And I think we need to find a way to, uh, to, better, to better adapt to the system that we know works rather than simply try to switch a for, to a formation and playing players out of position so yeah it, that that really did worry me when we when we first lined up at the start of the game yeah i'll, I'll just quickly add I, th- I think it is a worry looking at it but really we're, we're sort of just chewing the fat i don't think it changed too much in terms of where they are positionally so you've got you, you've got Dalsgaard on the right and if we think about it Dalsgaard hasn't really been pushing up on that right hand side as much as he has done in previous in previous months, he's held his position a little bit more, and it's um, it's not been quite as an attacking flair. It's more been Rico on the other side that's been doing a lot of the the wide attacking. So it, it looks fun, it looks funny, and it look it didn't look right. I think Norgard was the one that's more out of position, and that that that's uh, yeah, that's just what I'm kind of adding, I guess. It was just it was Norgard that felt different. The others, not too. Oh, not, not, not Norgard was a red card waiting to happen. I like, I, I was I was I, he looked absolutely. Um, he almost looked a bit looked a bit shit scared of it being in that position. He looked like he didn't really know what he was supposed to be doing. He, like he got the ball and he, his touch was really really heavy. His positioning, he didn't really, he was constantly looking around. He 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 looked really really scared to be there. And uh, it, it, his whole, I think his game didn't necessarily improve that much, but he looked a lot more comfortable on the ball when he moved into his more natural position. Yes, listen, I mean, and talking about other bits as well, we just sort of kind of breeze through this game. Um, 
obviously the <laughs> They, they scored from a set piece, and also we took a number of set pieces which didn't quite go to plan. The question is, set pieces, what, what's, what's going on, Dave? Uh, what is going on? I think get it, if we get it out of the way quickly, we've, we've just got to... The elephant in the room is, since Pontus has gone, we've just fallen off a cliff at, in defensive areas, like from set pieces. We, we just all... It's obvious just with your eyes, if you start looking at the numbers, it's, it's pretty clear. When that first ball in, we're not clearing that as well as we used to. When the ball bounces, no one's getting on the end of it. And it's we've just been disrupted. And I think when you have a player as good as Pontus and then he leaves, he goes, he hasn't left anywhere, God forbid. But if, if he leaves your team, you kind of see how, you, you see how good he is when he's not there and you see the levels he can hit. So we look a bit disorganised back there from a defensive aspect. And I think, yeah, I don't really know what the answer is. And John Vier being out as well doesn't really help. So before we'd have, if you think about who we'd have, we'd have um, Dalsgaard back there, we'd have John Vier and we'd have Pinnock and uh, Norgard. And we kind of lost that. And we had Rosliv come in instead of, instead of um, really, that's what you've got in the back line. You've got Rosliv instead of John Vier. So that loses someone you'd think you're gonna, can attack the ball and is an aerial, an aerial dominant player. So we're struggling that yeah we really are that, that brings me back to the point of what you, you've got a, you've got a, a, a ready-made center back by trade on the bench well not not, not necessarily ready-made but you've got a, a center back by trade on the on the bench who mm-hmm. is probably a bit more adept at filling i'm not saying he, i'm not saying ratchet is capable of of playing in the same manner as pontus jansen just yet that's absolutely not what i'm saying but why would you supple, try and supplement pontus's the lack of pontus jansen with a defensive midfielder and Roslev, when you could keep Dalsgaard in his natural position, keep uh, Pinnock and in his natural position, and play Ratchet instead. I think I, I, this is not this is not a question of Thomas Frank's tactical or managerial skills. Well, no, I think it is actually. I think I think it is a bit of a question. Well, no, I think I, I, well, I think it's not necessarily tactics; it's team selection. Why, like tactically, he probably would send if, even if he played Ratchet, he probably would have sent them out differently. But why isn't he playing Ratchet? That's my question. Like he's happy to play him against Leicester in a back four. But he's not happy to play him against Luton in a back five. Well, I think the two games mean completely different things, don't they? We've, we've just you've just said it really. The Leicester game means nothing, and the Luton game means everything. So you've seen his cards, haven't you? You've seen his regardless. cards. Yeah, regard regardless, Ratchet is a is a ready made centre centre half. You 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 should play you should play players in the position they know how to play and yeah. that they're, that they're right. good at. I kind of agree there. I, I just think maybe he's he's thinking those set piece moments. There's only a couple of them, or there's not many of them throughout a game. If you're bringing Ratchets in, you're you're basically saying you you've got to think of him as you don't want to make a sub. So can he deliver for 90 minutes, and what level can he perform at? And then can he deal with set pieces? Whereas Norgard has played centre back before. Norgard's played everywhere. If you look at his sort of history, he can he has played centre back as a as a player. So. He's probably thinking across the 90 minutes, someone playing that deep, I'm, I'm more comfortable putting him in and I want him in my team. So even if he isn't 100% fit. So there, yeah, there's conundrums everywhere. There is, isn't there? There are. There are conundrums. And obviously we're talking about, you know, defending set pieces, but also let's talk about taking set pieces. I mean, corners. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, again, you know, we to be fair, we scored, you know, a few goals from, uh, from, from corners recently, quite similar goals we mm. scored. But I mean, last night, I mean, our, our corners were... were were quite poor actually weren't they i mean i don't know if it had anything to do with the cold or or the weather or the recent wind that's been happening uh, it was the same conditions that Luton had to play and it had not it had bugger all to do with the weather i think it's I, i've lost count of the times this season i think probably the most the most said phrase 
I've I, the most thing the, the thing I've said the most at Brentford this season is clear the first man because it just and it's it's not a difficult thing to do. I mean, I, I, it's you need to put the ball in an area that's going to cause problems, and if you're aiming it towards the near post, you have to have near post runners. So they're either deliberately aiming it at the near post and, and players are constantly not running there to try and meet the ball or the corner kick or the, the corners and the set pieces are not hitting the mark. And I th- I'm, and it's obvi- it, for me, it's obvious it's the latter. I think we've got these players that are supposedly very, very good set piece takers, the likes of Marcondes, Ben Rama, and they're not, they're, their corners just aren't hitting the mark. I know Marcondes has got a couple of assists from, from corners this season, but I think, yeah, it's quite clear that without Jensen in the side, it, we, you don't have that sort of set piece specialist open close quotation marks you've got players that can take corners and, and are versed in taking set pieces but that's a big that because that's a big weapon that we that that is an asset that can potentially get you a couple of goals every now and again and and help you pick up points and yeah that's just something that's missing at the moment big time and, and talking about sorry talking about Jensen because you mentioned Jensen uh, and we're talking about injuries I mean we talked about defence which is a sort of makeshift defence as well but also midfield. Um, I mean, I, I talked to Dave earlier and I was saying to him, you know, obviously we've got the arguably one of the best attacks in the league, you know, with the three front men that we've got in, in the league. And then at, at one stage, until fairly recently, we, put, we, were, we were deemed as having the best defence in the league as well. You know, with the tightest defence in the least, least goals, okay, we've been leaking a few more now and we're going to come on to Pontus Jensen in a little bit, but just talk about that. But in the middle... You know, of the middle field, you know, there's an argument that some people are saying, well, maybe it's Brentford's midfield, which is letting them down. And in particular, in the last few weeks, at least in the last month, you know, four weeks, five weeks, you know, we found ourselves, you know, overrun by Nottingham Forest. Leeds United absolutely overran us as well. And is it a scenario that our midfield is probably the weak link in our side? Actually, Dave. Ooh, is it the weak link? I, I don't know. I'm reluctant to say it is. I don't, I don't think it is. I think... I think we look a little bit, we do look a little bit tired in there and I think we need a bit of a lift and that's what I think we thought we would get with Baptiste and he's been okay, I think, really unfortunate with his own goal. But I, I, I don't think our midfield is a problem because I th- if you think about what we do really well, we still get the ball into the final third really well and it doesn't, there'll be a chipped balls from the defence but mainly it's coming from the midfield area. It's Josh De Silva, it's Baptiste, uh, it's still getting forward to Ben Rama or Ben Rama's dropping into the middle area. So I... I, I don't. I don't want to say it's a midfield. I, I think our defensive instability and just the missing of Pontus is more of our problem than our midfield is. It's a. It's a thing to chat about. Like it's something. It's something that we should address and try and address. But I'm not sure if it is the midfield area. I, I don't see it as too much of a weakness. I think. I think we function as a team to make our forward line the best and our defensive line the best. I think our midfield is just a. Is just a vessel to get the ball forward to the forward line. I, I'm not sure it's. I'm not sure it's doing too badly, but that doesn't mean to say that someone like Makocho would come in and help us out. Well, again, and, I'm kind of, and again, it's interesting you mentioned Makocho because obviously he's out injured. Uh, you mm. talk about Jansen, uh, uh, he's out injured as well. So are you talking about our midfield, our our, our, our usual midfield, our, our AT midfield? Uh, because at the moment now we are, in effect, we're substituting. We are, you know, we're, we're mixing and matching to try and um, we have to change things up. And yeah. Has this change affected us? Because, you know, no Jansen in the side. So, you know, we're not getting those, the, the free kicks. We're not getting necessarily all the incisive passes that we've done before. Has this become an issue? Um, maybe, maybe a little bit. I mean, 
I, I don't think it, my, me personally, I don't think it has. I think we're still getting the ball forward and doing fine. I, I think it's it's still functioning. I think they're doing what they need to do. It's, if we weren't still creating chances, we I think we had 20, I think we've had 40 shots in the two games we played against Blackburn and Luton. I think we had about 40 shots, had about 20 on target. I mean, there's not really much going wrong in our attacking sense of the game. It's more, and but you could be right in that, are we having to juggle around and has that led to Norgard having to play in the back line? So that it could be that there is something there, but from an, from attack-wise, I'm, I'm not sure it's... I'm not sure if it's too much of an issue. I don't feel that. I don't feel it is, and I don't. I can't see anything that really indicates that it is an issue. Right, no, I, I, I completely agree. I think the um, the, I, the midfield obviously is 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 crying out for Matthias Jensen. That's that's an absolute given. Um, and I think you've got to look at the players that we are trying. We are, and obviously Macocho missing is also I think a big thing. He's a bit a bit of a sort of an experienced player who can. Uh, come on and uh, he can just control the, and dictate the tempo of a game so well like I can't think I think Ryan Woods was probably the only other player I can think of in recent years that has the ability to really grab a game and control the, the, the pace of it and the speed of it and I think the if you look at the players that we've got supplementing Jensen's uh, Jensen's absence Marcondes is uh, has just, just sort of is has had a, a successful let's call it a successful period away where he's gained a bit more confidence and he's come back. He's still sort of refinding his feet in English in English football, I think. Shandon Baptiste has made the step up from League One and it's a big step from as we've all seen across the past few years from League One to the championship. Uh Josh De Silva is still in his first full season as a professional and he's gonna have he's gonna have bad games. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a, a Marmite player. He's either really, really good or really, really doesn't get into the game. So I think if, it would be unfair, I think, to blame our midfield on that and I think that for, for, for the for what they're being asked to do I think they're doing a very very good job I think if you were going to look at the supply line to them I thought they and Bueno got the ball plenty of times Ben Rama got the ball plenty of times um, but I thought and I thought Ben Rama was uh, was overly um, extravagant in what he did and I thought but I thought Bueno yesterday was very very disappointing and you could see his head dropped quite quickly so I wouldn't say it's necessarily the fault of the midfield but so because they're they're going to have bad games and they're going to have good games, and I think Norgard also looks quite tired. So I think it's 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 about getting that consistency back and getting Norgard fit and one hundred percent again, bringing getting Jensen back into the side, and then you can rotate players like Josh and Mark Andes and Shandon Baptiste in midfield. And, yeah. and it's interesting, and I'm going to come to you in a minute, so um, XG as well, because you talked about. Um, some players being over well, over elaborate as it is, as in the way that they're playing their game as well. And one of these players as well was uh, Saeed Ben Rama, who, again, interestingly, he he's coming for a, a, a bit of abuse from a section of the, the Brentford fans who are, yeah, I think they're sort of saying, you know, yeah. you don't really care anymore. Why don't you just leave? Why don't you just leave now? Which I think was probably a little bit quite hardcore, actually. Um, yeah. You know, because he plays for Brentford and B, he can't go anywhere because it's... <laughs> The, the window isn't until until the summer and see i think he kind of like you know his dad died only a couple of weeks ago so uh i just think it is a little bit overreaction to what's going on there but i mean just talking about you know um side ben rama xg and and because even i'd say we were saying on the picture he was being a little bit over elaborate you know making all these little flicks and doing things that maybe he you know he shouldn't be doing or should he be doing in the midfield and losing the ball. Now, the question I'm asking is that, interestingly, we've all showed, we've all shared our Ben Rama memes. You know, when Ben Rama, you know, nutmegs a QPR player twice or yeah, exactly. over his head. That all gets shared. So, 
um, does that enable him to be able to also make mistakes or should he also should he especially at this stage be playing it safe well yeah i know i think you said it there so when when things come off and i think we we sort of lap those up and we love those and it's it's his decision making that's he's deciding to do that at that exact moment and it comes off and it looks great and then a million they've been shared on twitter a million times and uh, everyone's loving his nutmegs and sort of rainbow flicks but when it doesn't come off is it is it right to say that he doesn't know what he's doing or he shouldn't be doing that and he should think about his sort of game more i don't think it is i think it's he's that sort of player isn't he no one can really sort of i don't think you can really coach him or teach him in that sense he knows when to do these things so i, I think we need to be way more supportive about something like that and and look at, kind of look at the bigger picture i think you, you don't want to stifle him as a player because we do sit against teams that have sort of 11 men behind the ball at times and you need someone to do something different like that to to break through so it, it, I'm not comfortable with any of the abuse towards him. I think I, I sort of look at him in the bigger picture and he's just a, a wonderful brain and uh, a wonderful talent. And sometimes these things aren't going to come off. And But that's that's not for us to... I don't think we're there to lament him about that. I think we, we need to support him and maybe and maybe be even better as fans. I, I don't know. It's, we've probably got more of a duty to, to, to sort of look after him and that, Jim, whilst he's here. I, th- no, I completely agree. The people, the people that are giving side abuse, side abuse for an 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 average performance, are, I, I I just I can't comprehend it. We've got a player who is unlike I'd say unlike anyone we've ever seen at Griffin Park before. XG once described him when we were talking about the 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 BMW, the front three. You've got Watkins as the goals, Buemo as the um as the creator. Like Said is the magic, is I think what you said, Dave. And it's he he is just so magical. And a lot of people only see him when he gets the ball and does that little nutmeg and think, oh, that's that you know. He's, and we lap, like you say, we lap that up. We really enjoy it. But it's what you don't notice is he, he does work really hard off the ball. He has improved yeah. his game in that respect in, in terms of tracking back. He works and he does hard provide... off the ball, does he? Yeah. So I... that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. no, I, just, I no, mean, I... he obviously works very hard off the ball, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I just think and I just I just think you need to really take take that with a grain of salt. We love him dearly. Um, and to get, jump on Twitter and start talking nonsense about him, I think it's just it's 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 just it's just toxic, and I hate it. Yeah, you know, you started off, Robin. You were saying that it was sort of an average performance, and I think you were getting it as well, Bill. An average performance for Saeed, but is an average performance for Saeed still much better than sort of ninety percent of this league or yeah, exactly. most footballers around? So I, I I think if you sort of watch it back, I don't think he really dipped that though. I think there were a couple of times where you thought he could have released quicker, but. I think that's being a bit. I, I think it's being a bit picky, personally. I, I'm not sure it's. I'm not sure it was that wrong anyway. And I, I think an average, yeah, an average display for him is still, is still one that's uh, that's potentially match winning. I think it's yeah. I mean, I hear what you're saying, and I suppose you're looking at going forward. I think it's when you start losing the ball and probably losing the ball in a, in positions where you don't necessarily have to lose it, so you lose it needlessly. I think that's the frustrating part, especially when you're trying to push forward. And I think there's quite a few of those scenarios. Um, where we actually lost the ball, where we weren't even really under any real pressure, you know, and we and and and, and there were just straight up mistakes, and that's and that's why I was asking the question whether or not, and I'm I'm trying to sound a little bit flippant here, but whether or not it was the weather or something else that made us actually just play in a way that you know that maybe we it wasn't just quite right. But listen, just moving on there quickly as well, because obviously we're talking about losing the ball as well, but also we're talking about like when we gave away a free kick outside the area, which they eventually scored from. But these needless challenges that have been going in and just been wondering whether or not maybe some of the players the pressure 
of us almost kind of getting in the top two spots and then the promotion pressure is getting them because if you tell a lot of people um we've been through loads of playoffs ourselves we basically get to the big game and when it gets to the big game we uh we, we bottled it on, on pretty much all our big games at Wembley at Cardiff at you know wherever it may be where Brentford ever ch- had a chance for promotion had a chance to win a cup we, we've lost every single one of them and uh, I know that's all historic because we've got a new team now and new teams are different but at the moment now we're kind of getting to a big change situation and we're not dealing with it very well so um is this a symptom of uh, of us our big game itis for Brentford do you think i don't think it's a yeah. symptom of the club i don't think it is i think there are there are probably teams that have a similar history uh, and record in playoff finals and in playoff campaigns and in cup finals and Wembley visits and all that kind of thing. There's probably teams that are very very similar to us, if not worse. But we we sort of as we we sort of as Brentford fans are conditioned because we've grown up with the club and we've seen it happen so many times that um, we sort we sort we sort of we, we latch onto that and we use that as a sort of well we're Brentford and we don't win at Wembley and we don't win playoffs. So no, I don't think just... it's a symptom of the club. But what I'm, I think the question I'm asking is that these needless challenges, this is, this is the symptom of uh, our big game-itis, where all of a sudden the pressure's getting to them. Well, yeah, I know, I think, I know what you're kind of getting at, Bill. I think every game now, we're, we're kind of, we don't want to say it, but we're running out of games, aren't we? I think the idea was to challenge the top two and sort of get some momentum. So when we're, when we're dominating the ball so much and then when we lose it, how, what, is, there, is there a frustration in that we should be doing better and we're finding ourselves behind early on and... Are we, are we snapping into stuff without thinking about it? And are we, are we biting? And it, it it did feel a little bit like that. I don't want to say that was the overarching feeling because I don't think it was. It was there was a little bit of uh, yeah, there was a little bit of niggle. A little bit of niggle. So um, listen, we'll put, again we'll come back to that in, in, in the weeks of question. I mean, just quickly. I mean, I know we're not going to dwell down on stats as well, but you know, from that game, you know, one point one eight to Luton and one point six one for Brentford. So it wasn't a, a massively high-scoring game, but we had sort of a, a vast chance of the better opportunities. Again, a lot of chances in the area. Um, kind of, you know, reasonable chances. There's obviously a couple of, uh, of very good chances, including the goal that we scored as well, inside the area as well, as opposed to Luton, who probably had a sort of a couple of, about two or three chances in the area. You know, one very good chance as well, which is the goal that they scored. But in general, again, we did have a better part of the game. We just did not put the ball in the back of the net. But I just want to come back to a very big point and the final point that we want to talk about this Luton game, but this is more overarching. And it's uh, our captain, Pontus Janssen, who, who is uh, the subject of lots and lots of conversation at the moment now because uh, he's been out since, I think, pretty much a QPR game, which is a month and a half nearly, about six weeks now. And the feeling was always that he's maybe going to be rested a little bit for the, you know, till the FA Cup game. And then after Leicester, he'll come back. Then he'll come back for Leeds. And then after Leeds, he'll come back a few weeks after that. And he's got his brother, Peter, on Twitter as well, who's always giving the Brentford fans a little bit of uh, information on how his brother's doing. And Peter's always uh, been saying, you know, don't worry, my brother will be back very soon. Um, yeah, he's no problem. He just had a little problem with his hip. Yeah, he'll be back next week and then he doesn't come back. So all of a sudden, you know, even Ali Malali actually sort of kind of uh, questioned him straight up today and said to him, listen, mate, you know, every time you tell us something, it's completely wrong. You know, <laughs> can you get it right this time? And he's just uh, he's got a little bit. I would absolutely love Fair it if Ali Malali was the reason why Pontus came back. <laughs> like Peter Jansen just says, OK, it's fine. He's back next week. Next thing you know, Pontus is back in the side. <laughs> all due to Ali Malali. That'd be absolutely right. amazing. 
That's right. So, but Pontus has been out, and like I said to you, just want to throw a few facts and in, uh, into the into the pot. Brentford without Pontus Janssen, uh, 18 goals conceded in 25 matches, which gives an average of 0.7 goals conceded per game. So that's 18 and 25. Um, that's put, but Brentford with Pontus in the side. Brentford without Pontus in the side. 13 goals conceded in 10 games, which averages at 1.3 goals conceded per game. So as you can see, you know, uh, it may not all be about Pontus, but he seems to have had a great big, a massive effect on basically how many goals we don't let in. XG Dave. It's massive. It's just huge. In every numbers you can look at, it's there's a big difference. So you look at the actual goals, if you look at expected goals, if you look at sort of the chances that we're we're sort of conceding, it's just everything. I think it's it's also in possession as well. So he's just really good on the ball and doesn't give it away. And he can actually do a lot of the work in that deep area. We we miss him massively. It's kind of like when you've um, yeah you've just been brand new car and uh, it's gone into the cleaners. You've been given a really rubbish courtesy car. That's what's kind of happening with losing. <laughs> we, need, we need him. We need him back as soon as we can. But his his brother's slightly annoying because yeah we just keep getting dropped these nuggets and you're thinking he's quite close to him. Surely he knows uh, he knows when he's back and uh, they must chat and. Either he's really positive and thinks there's nothing wrong with him and he thinks his brother's Superman or he's just not really understanding how serious it is. I don't think God knows what's going on, but I'm, I'm praying he's back soon. We could read, if, if he was in the Cardiff lineup, I think I would, um, I'd run down the street naked. Oh, right, okay. I'm, I'm going I'm to hold you to that. You, you said you will run down the street naked. Is that what you said? <laughs> well, that that's might a, have that's, just that's out, caught but... on the podcast as well. <laughs> Yeah, we'll no, edit we need, that out, but no, 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 we need video evidence. You know, not we. Just, <laughs> evidence but we uh, honestly, if we'll, we, be down, we, we'll be we'll be in Wales. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but yeah, we can. We need him back desperately. We we're we're such a weaker side without him, and it's um, it it could be really unfortunate because we've sort of had a taste of the good time, but we could just really do with him back. Uh, uh, Robin Hood. Yeah, I think um, it's not necessarily just his his defensive attributes and his ability to organise the defence. It's his leadership as well. He's an absolute warrior at the back. He does put he does sort of galvanise the rest of the team, the rest of the players around him. Not just necessarily in defence, but we talked about the midfield and the misfiring midfield earlier on. And I think that's something that you know having Pontus behind them gives that midfield a bit of a, a sort of a a, a, a a bit of juge to go on and be a bit more creative moving forward. So I think it's frustrating with having having Pontus out the side. Obviously, we wish him. I want him to come back fit and well, rather than be rushed back. And I think we need to seriously consider how we are going to cope without him long term. Because I mean, we can, you know, Peter Jansen can talk on Twitter about um, about Pontus's potential injury comeback in his situation, and Ali Malali can hunt him down like the investigative journalist that she is. Um, but I think we need to seriously consider the fact that we can't rely on one player. You know, we talk about relying on Ollie Watkins for the goals and Ben Rama for the magic and Norgard for the challenges, Raya for the saves, Rico Henry for that bombing up and down the wing. We can't rely on one player to do to do the job. It's a team, it's a squad performance, it's a squad result, it's a squad business and we need to find a way to cope without him. It's unfortunate because he is, he is just, he's a, he's a, a, a fantastic centre-half, a real leader, he galvanises the fans and the, the players around him and we need to find a way to win without him and not concede without him. 
okay, and I hear that, and you're totally right. And of course, it's a team game. But the fact is that Brentford have been uh, defensively leaky for a number of years now, and we found a solution to this by paying a bit more money and getting somebody in with a bit of experience. And the fact is that Pontus Janssen is one of those people. And if he comes out your side, uh, it, it's inevitable that it's going to cause problems. So I, I, I hear the sort of rallying cry and saying we need to kind of do it, but the re- the, the real the reality of the situation is that um, we are, we are a bit scuppered. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and unless yeah. somebody else comes out of the blue. And, 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 and like, you know, like Chris Mepham did where he came out of the blue and then all of a sudden it's just like a bit of a revelation. We are we are going to be sort of kind of floundering around to what, probably not the right phrase. You know, maybe Rakic might come out and all of a sudden he might be, you know, somebody who actually kind of, uh, who just comes out into his own and, 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 and saves the day, you know. But uh, we have, the reality is, without Pontus Janssen, we are a weaker side in very many ways um and the word on the besotted street as well is because there's loads of rumors going on about Pontus and everyone wants to know you know things talking about him sort of going for an operation tomorrow to him having his hip replaced to you know all sorts of rumors that be going around and uh, from what we've heard of the word on the street is the fact that Pontus Janssen is um I oh know it looks like Fulham just got a penalty oh no it was just all we wanted isn't it but only Pontus Janssen you know he is close to coming back you know, he's close to coming back, but he, whatever injury he's got now, the club don't want to force him back into the game too early because we need him for the exactly, run in the yeah. back end of the season. You know, yeah, so we that's need, kind we of need, what the situation is. Yeah. You know, we do need him. So the fact is that, you know, whatever the scenario is, and, you know, maybe they're confused as to what it is, you know, or, or they know it's a situation which they can manage probably over a period of time. They don't want to put him back into so often. So whether or not he's going to come back against Cardiff or when he's going to come back after after the international break, whether or not he's going to come back at the back end of the season, I can't answer that question because I don't know. All I just know is that it's definite fact that they kind of know the scenario. They feel that he's going to play at some stage, but whether or not that's next week or in a few weeks' time, um, we shall see. But Mitrovic is just stepping up to take this penalty now. And uh, this is this is the scenario as well here for us as Brentford fans. A few weeks ago, we'd be so excited. And even a week or two ago, watching all those games, but it all seems to be slipping away. Oh, he just saved it as well. And he's just yeah. stayed double save. Hilarious. So, uh, listen, <laughs> the gods are still, they're still, they're still, they're still they're keep up the gods are still with us. Here it is. Us Fulham. Fulham were making fun of us yesterday about our loot and thing. Um, but hey, listen, you know, it, it, we're still we're still in the game, as they say. And it's probably a very good point <laughs> for us to break this off, a conversation. And let's come back after the break and let's talk about Cardiff City. And let's hear from Thomas, right, who's going to give us the lowdown on Cardiff City. Hi, my name's Tom Taylor from the Sport Attic Corner, and I'm a Cardiff City season ticket holder. I've been supporting Cardiff for as long as I can remember, really, and I'm a lifelong bluebird. Relegation was always going to be really tough for us. It's never nice to go down, and it's a proper kick in the teeth for not only the fans, but for the players as well. Ultimately... As hopeful as I was, I'd never really thought that we'd bounce back straight away. Realistically, it was playoff finish would have been a fantastic season for us. And as this season has proven, the championship is a very, very hard league. And it's not one that you can go down to and expect to jump back up straight away. You know, not many teams have done it. And 
I don't see many teams doing it in future either. It's such a tough league. There's so many quality teams in there. And although I liked to think that maybe there'd be a chance um, for us to go back up straight away, either automatic or through the playoffs, realistically, I was never super confident after relegation last time. And I just didn't think we quite had it had what we needed to go straight back up. The season so far has really been summed up in the last few weeks and that of just massively hit and miss. We've got this tendency to go on a run of games, getting a few wins. It looks as if we're playing great football, uh, beating teams which you think we tend to struggle against. The prime example is uh, Huddersfield away a few weeks back. We went up and won 3-0. It's a game I thought we might have ended up drawing. It's a game that we should have really drawn on paper. But then you get results like Wigan at home, which we should be winning and end up drawing to all. And Stoke away where we lost 2-0 when they're probably in the bottom half of the table. It's not really ideal and you'd expect better from us in a uh, situation like that. It's The season's been more or less what I expected um, like I said earlier we were never we never had the quality to go straight back up and compete with the likes of your Leeds your West Broms your Fulham's your Brentfords who have really had a good season they look at um, all the teams looking very strong we just lacked a bit in a few key areas and that's starting to show and it's just a bit of a shame because it's going to be a somewhat boring end of the season for us we're not going to go down I don't think we're going to make the playoffs and we're certainly not going to go up automatically the manager change at first I was really gutted to see Neil Warnock go um, what he'd done for us over the last few years was absolutely fantastic um, I was a really big fan as you know Cardiff fans loved him um, We, when he took over never in a million years did I think that he'd win us promotion to the Premier League and still give it a decent go right until the last but one week. But all good things must come to an end, unfortunately. And it, was, it really was a shame the way he went. The atmosphere was starting to turn a little bit against him online and in the stadium. And um, now Neil Harris is the man. It didn't particularly go down too well originally with uh, fans they thought it was just a bit underwhelming thought we'd be getting more of the same um, personally I was pretty happy with it because I, I was a big fan of what he's done at Millwall and to be as young as he is and get as much experience as he has I thought it was an okay fit that being said it's been it, under Harris has been more of the same as Warnock um People have warmed to him and then turned against him and then warmed to him again. Has our form has gone up and down, which has just mirrored our season so far. Um, we're really going to miss Lee Tomlin for the next few weeks with his injury. He's been our best player this season, bar none. Um, his creativity, uh, the goals he scores and contributes to, we'd be in such a worse position without him and he's going to be a really, really big miss for us uh, from for Saturday and until uh, the end of the season. 
Uh, I hope Josh Murphy can get a good game Saturday. Um, he didn't play too well against Nottingham Forest and was applauded and booed off by some fans, which just isn't right in my view at all. You know, he he needs the confidence. He's been playing so well the last few weeks and I really do hope that he has a good game and gets his confidence flown again and he becomes a great player. I know he can be. And on this Saturday, I'm a little bit worried, to be honest. Um, the game earlier in the season, we lost 2-1. It was much the it was much the game I expected um, and things have well as I've said they've been up and down since we've picked up in form we've dropped off uh, rinse and repeat unfortunately and they you know Brentford you've got some fantastic players um, I'm particularly worried about having to play against say Ben Rama and Ollie Watkins because they're players who we don't have know the quality out and out forwards uh, the type of player we really need especially Ollie Watkins an out and out striker who will get you um, into double uh, get double figure uh, goals um, so I'm a bit worried about that um, I think the way we'll have to play them is just to try it in, or to play you guys is just to try and rough Brentford up a bit um, Brentford they play Fantastic football, great passing football. I'm a, you know, I'm a big fan of that style of play. It's not something we really see, but we got players such as Marlon Pack and Sean Morrison, who are, you know, big, stonewall players in midfield and defence. And I think the only way to try and uh, combat this really good football that Brentford play is just to try and, I don't know, bully them off the ball a bit, try and rough them up a little bit, try not, don't let them have too much of the ball that being said with my realist hat on I'd probably go for a Brentford win however with how up and down this season has been it would be Pete Cardiff to go out and play pretty well so with all that in mind I'm going to go for a one all draw so that was Thomas Taylor from Sport Addict corner as well and he's uh well yeah he's he's you know he's, he's feeling all right you know he's, he's seen a punch up in the midweek you know what i'm saying we just we just lost the loot but they didn't only lose their match but they had a massive punch up as well with two cardiff players fighting amongst each other you know what i'm saying so at least they had a bit of, of a bit of extra action that they can watch while they were uh, dropping points so uh so they're probably quite looking forward to brentford coming out on saturday because uh we saw luton give us a good beating on, on wednesday tuesday night they're probably thinking we could probably give them a beating in our own way because we just a bit of practice but anyway we're not going to be negative like that we're going to be positive because we're going to go to, to Cardiff we're going to put all that stuff all that loot and stuff behind us and we're going to start afresh I mean Cardiff you know that's what I'm good at they're shooting from direct free kicks they're great at attacking set pieces they're coming back from losing positions also very good at and they're very good in the air as well um, they're good at creating scoring chances they've got skillful players there and also good at protecting the lead as well but what they're not good at is defending counter-attacks which is obviously where we potentially could hit them um, also they're not good at keeping possession of the ball as well and defending against skillful players so that's maybe where we can actually hit them uh, quite hardcore so I mean Cardiff City coming down interestingly beforehand you know we you know some people put you know Luton as a three-pointer and Cardiff as a one-pointer now but after the the, the, the the loss on Saturday 
we we need to go out and get three points at uh, Cardiff to sort of kind of remain in the game, do we not? Yeah, definitely. I think um, automatics, unfortunately, automatic promotion is slightly slipping away. I know there's a long game, a long way to go. There's, we've still got 11 games of football to play, 33 points on the table, but we, can't, we need to we need to beat Cardiff in order to gain oh. the momentum back. Absolutely. I think it's it's not necessarily a must-win game, but it's if if we can get a victory there, it'll be it'll be massive for us moving forward. XG. Yeah, no, I disagree. It is a must. It is a must-win game. So if you have if you look sort of plan your games out, like you were saying, Billy, you look at Luton, you're thinking Luton we're much stronger than, so it's heavily weighted in our favour. If you lose that one. And then Cardiff as a game, which you're probably looking at, is pro- we're still stronger in that game, but probably more edging towards a draw. And us, we we need to win this one now. We need to go there and win, and uh, and uh, somehow somehow outscore them. And just probably, yeah, we need we need to look at we need to get back to our clean sheet methods and um, and get a couple of goals ourselves. And we're not saying, you know, we're not saying we're better or, or anything like that. All we're saying, actually, at the moment now is that just looking at a game-by-game game situation, as you're saying, the games are running out. And for us mm. to keep ourselves in the game, I mean, luckily, like I said to you, I mean, Fulham have just uh, missed a penalty now, um, which has kept us in the game. We had Preston last last night as well, which has kept us in the game. OK, Forest won, so they're sort of kind of slipping away. But we need to keep, and Bristol City lost as well last night, which has kept us in the game. So we just need to be doing particular things to uh, to oh, 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 Fulham just scored. All right, I spoke too soon, didn't I? Oh, no. I told you not say. to say anything. You started singing too soon, as they say. So anyway, this 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 puts the onus on us even more for Brentford to actually get a result at Cardiff. So we're going to have to work extra hard. So all those that nonsense that we saw on Tuesday, where we were making mistakes and and all that kind of stuff, we we can't be doing any of that on Saturday, can we? After that, after that Fulham, Fulham's goal, I'm just going to retract my statement from two minutes ago and say this is now officially a must-win game against Cardiff on <laughs> Saturday. Um, circumstances change. Yeah, I think I think um, the key thing is we are we are on a bad run of form. We have to try and find a way to regain momentum. Now, I think I will. What I would accept is a really really good performance where we deserve to win. We talk about fairness. We talk about justice where we deserve to win. And and at least a point, but I think now now that that Fulham result is looking very very likely to be a win, very very likely to be a victory. I think what we need to really do is 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 smash Cardiff off the park. I think it's a, it's a very it's a very it's a very easier said than done. Yeah, it's it's a very difficult place to go. I think historically we've not been too successful there um and i think it's it's the kind of game like we talked earlier on about the fact that they're, they're, there's some a little bit of infighting in the squad there two players um trying to trying to uh, we're about to take lumps out of each other at the final whistle they lost to nottingham forest 1-0 which is something we we know all too well um we this this is a very important game for us now that that fulham fulham goal has gone in because we the, the impetus is now on us to try and get back and the problem at the moment is that we what, what you want to be doing really at this stage of the season is chasing something. You want to be sort of slightly below where you want to be and have something to to to, to gain, something to look at, look for. Um, so for us, we, what we want to be doing is looking at trying to get back into the automatic promotion picture. And it feels a little bit like at the moment we're looking over our shoulder at potential playoff contenders. And that really is not where you want to be at this stage of the season. 
No, it's not. And they're talking about that Fulham goal in the fourth minute of extra time from Mitrovic. He scored that goal for them. It's say to the Fulham. Only one one player for them. He just he, listen. He's on fire for them, which is fair enough. But he's you know you took him out of the picture, and Fulham wouldn't even be there as well. And also it's interesting as well. Sheffield Wednesday as well. Stevens Fletcher scored for them in the fifth minute of time added on as well. And watch the celebration. Watch the celebration from Sheffield Wednesday from Fletcher. The whole team. I mean, they look like they literally. Have won the, the Champions League. I mean, they've gone absolutely berserk, you know, with them and Gary Martin and Fletcher running off the pitch and just swinging things around. And obviously, we're playing Sheffield Wednesday and Saturday week. So, you know, this doesn't bode too well. We need to get ourselves back on form. But just coming back to this Cardiff game, I mean, you know, let's just be realistic about it and let's go back to Brentford as we are. If, you know, if, if, looking at the strengths of Cardiff, you know, um, they're good in the air. Um, so and, and interestingly, a few weeks ago, we were like, we're cool. We finally managed to, 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 to sort that problem that we had beforehand. Um, is this going to be an issue, do you think, on Saturday, XG? Uh, not as much as it probably would have been back then. I think we, I think, do you remember, if you think of the game at Griffin Park, they had, um, I think it was Danny Ward that started up front, wasn't it, in that one? He was the, he's like quite short and quite nippy. Um, and then they had Tomlin around him, but then they brought on Medin with probably about a half hour to go, maybe it's something 20 minutes ago. And he calls us, we couldn't get anywhere near him, but Medin's gone now. So they don't have him there. I think they've got rid of him and they're playing, um, Glatzel, who's a little bit, he's big as well, but not nowhere near the sort of physical impact of Medin. So it might be a little bit easier for us in that sense. Then I wouldn't have, I don't think they're as aerially strong. They're sort of do long throws and launch it in and, and attack us like that. But be good to get John Vier back, but I, I think we—I don't think we'll have that same aerial threat that we did last time. Um, no, no, we should be a little bit better. But, but Tomlin, I mean, Tomlin is like you know the the, the main man for them as well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and he's injured, so he's he's not in the side. So again, uh, they've had a little bit of a dip in in form. I mean, they were at, probably even about two weeks ago. I saw they were talking about you know why is nobody talking about Cardiff for playoffs. Mm. But now, all of a sudden, like I said to you, they lost the game in. Uh, they lost the game yesterday as well. Yeah. Um, same night that we lost as well. And I think they've taken a little bit of a dip in form. And I think uh, that dip has coincided with, with Tomlin being injured as well. So yeah. that might sort of swing in our favour, don't you think? Yeah. They've yeah not for, oh, go on, Robin. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I was just. I was just going to say. I think if there's if there is a ever a good time to play guard if it's now when they're um, a little bit beaten up. They've obviously they've not got Lee Tomlin. They've just lost, and there's obviously a little bit of a. Um, behind-the-scenes altercation or on, an on-field on on altercation that might lead to speculation about the stuff that's happening behind the scenes. So I think if there is a, if there is ever a good time to play Cardiff, it's probably now. And I think that uh, certainly having Lee Tomlin, who for um, for all the for all the shit we give him, is actually quite an effective player. Having not not having him on the um, uh, on the pitch against us is definitely a bonus. They have so listen, Cardiff City. We're coming down. I mean, let's just, you know, let's just, just cut the chase here. We're going up to Cardiff. Um, what does your heart say and what does your head say? Actually, Dave, oh, as in my... results, results-wise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, heart says 3-0. We're going to beat them 3-0. That's, that's what I'm feeling. And, then, and head, more realistic, I think it's going to be 2-1 to us. Ooh, okay. Right, I mean, I'll, I'll take that, the XG, Dave. Yeah. Robin Hood. Uh, my heart says 4-1 to Brentford. 
Um, my predictions are always skewed, so I'm just going to go for it. Uh, my heart says 4-1, I think. Um, we're, we're, we're due a, a big comeback performance to try and get us back on track and against a flailing Cardiff side, hopefully. Uh, that will be what it's at, what what happens. Um, and my head says t- a very narrow 2-1 win, same as XG. Very narrow. Oh, some of that as well. Some yeah, sort of some hearts. sort of ninety ninety second minute own goal off the referee or something. Just something really bonkersly daft that gets us gets us over the line and gets us three points. But yeah, really tight one two one win is what my head says. Alright, so my heart says two one to the bees. That's what my heart says. And uh just my heart says obviously I would like seven nil, but I've just think two one to the bees was my heart saying, but my head is actually saying one all. You know, I just think okay. we're going to, uh, yeah, I think we're going to go down there and just bring it back so we don't lose again and we kind of keep in the game. And that's where I'm thinking where we're going to be. So we shall see. You know, on Saturday, we'll be down in Cardiff, the usual boozer that we normally go to. and been there for a couple of years, obviously, a few years, but um, we'll be back there again. Uh, and hopefully, we'll, uh, it, it, my, 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 my heart will be completely and utterly. Uh, um, wrong, or well, my head will be completely wrong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And my heart will be completely right, as they say. But look, listen, just quickly talk about a couple of other things as well. Fulham tickets. Uh, they were on sale yesterday, I think it was Wednesday. They went on sale or Tuesday, actually, when we were on the way to Luton. So 3,500 taps they went on sale for them for a day, and that period's now gone. So now it's on people with two and a half thousand taps on the wednesday and on thursday at four o'clock which is hopefully when most of you be listening to this it's going to be going on sale to all season ticket holders from four o'clock on thursday then on friday at four o'clock it'll be going on sale to members we get 1900 tickets tickets are 35 pounds absolutely disgusting extortionate um they think oh they're going to pay it anyway so uh they charged us that money 15 quid for kids as well and uh th- i think 30 quid for uh for seniors uh and uh and and and, and for, for, for people with uh who uh yeah basically for seniors and for uh for people who get reduced rate as well so uh you know listen, you know we all talk about 20s plenty and all that lot but it's you know i think it's important that you know you don't get clubs taking the p and that's what fulham are doing so uh but listen tickets there on sale so just to let you know that as information for yourselves as well um check out actually second tier podcast if you check out the second tier podcast which is a podcast about the second tier which is the championship um a couple of guys justin and and, and ryan they came down to the globe on saturday they saw us had a few beers went to the game and they did a little piece so if you check it out on all the good podcast platforms they've just done a little sort of 15 20 minute brentford piece on their trip down to brentford as well so check it out they're a good set of lads nice. and also end of season social we uh tickets have come off sale right they've come off sale i mean we haven't put them on fully on sale because it's gone a little bit berserk and we've had to uh, reassess a few things now because uh you know because of the the, the pottiness of the sale so we've had to take them off sale we're going to reassess a few things and then hopefully once we reassess them you know numbers and this and venue and all that kind of stuff then we will uh put it back on sale again so what you need to do is go to besotted.com forward slash social and uh, there should be a wait list there. And if you go down there and then as soon as they hopefully will come back on sale, then we will be able to give you the information, which is all good. So people who got in there early, uh, you've done a, done a good job there. And like I said to you, we're just reassessing things on the end of the social, which is great. First of May um, in a venue in, uh, well, in a, in a venue. And, and like I said to you, it's the day before the last day of the season, the last game of the season at Griffin Park, the least league growth season at Griffin Park. So 
lads, the B team, you know. And how did you come out the, that penalty shootout? Did you, you you felt you felt good after it? You got you done a little warm down? Yeah, I think you've um, you've helped us through, and I think we've come out. Yeah, I think we've come out winning on top. Just yeah, how, did, how, did, how did we do? Phil? <laughs> I think, I think, I'll tell you something. I think you've done you know done, you've done pretty well. You've you've filled in, and obviously the experience has uh, has been working for you over the last few weeks. Like you know, what I'm saying. But hopefully, you know, we're going to see how much affects what happens on Saturday because it's all about what happens on the pitch on Saturday and I tell you something if we can get a result on Saturday you guys tell you something you might even get a promotion (laughs) (laughs) a professional besotted contract (laughs) that's right you know we might just move you in you know we had to say so listen let's get us three points on Saturday we'll have a few beers and then we should talk about it afterwards but like I said to you my name is Billy Grant I'm here with the XG Dave I'm here with the Robin Hood we're in the virtual joint hopefully next week we'll be back in the boozer at some place in West London again because that's what we enjoy doing every week but we're here now in the virtual joint as we say virtually as we say come on on, you You Come on, let's go to Wales and do this. Let's do it. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.